It's a great day to innovate. Hey everyone, welcome to the MD Plus Podcast. We're an international group of aspiring physician innovators, and we hope to cover everything surrounding healthcare innovation and transformation. From biotech to venture capital, from digital health to femtech, we bring you premier content and thought leader interviews from across the globe and across industries. I'm your host, Jeff Bacobo, one of MD Plus's executive team members. Let's kick off this episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Luke Vest, and I'm a fourth-year medical student. I'll be your host for the MD Plus Member Highlight Series, where I interview notable members of the community about their career paths and contributions to innovation in medicine. Today, I'll be speaking with Kavya Davuluri. Kavya attended Wayne State University for her undergraduate degree and is currently an MD MBA student at the University of Michigan Medical School. She has experience working in venture capital and is currently working with a peripartum health startup while completing her MBA degree. Enjoy the interview. Kavya, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. So you recently posted your introduction in the MD Plus Slack channel, and I was really interested to talk more about your experience as an MD MBA student and your work in a peripartum health startup. In addition to that, it sounds like you've had experience in venture capital as well as starting Accelerator during your time in college. I'd be interested to talk about a lot of that today. Yeah, well, I can just start at the beginning. I think that it'll sort of encapsulate a lot of things. So I am from Canton, Michigan, and I went to Wayne State University for undergrad in Detroit. I decided that I wanted to be a pediatrician when I was 10. So throughout middle school, high school, you know, I was doing all my science classes, AP classes, was very set on just being pre-med. When I went to Wayne State University, like many good pre-med students do, I was working as a scribe in the Detroit Medical Center's emergency room. And there I got to learn a lot about healthcare. The doctors that I worked with were both amazing, but I got to see a lot of them be very, you know, apathetic, jaded, biased, prejudiced, racist. And it was really scary for me to consider going into healthcare and turning into someone like that, just not having the compassion and altruism that I had previously associated with medicine. At the same time, there was this opportunity for me to start a social enterprise accelerator program called Optimize Wayne. Um, And through that, I got to work with these student entrepreneurs and put them through this five-month program called the Social Innovation Challenge, where they got put in touch with mentors, resources, workshops, whatever they needed to get their startup idea off of the ground. And at the end of it, we let them pitch up to win up to $20,000 in funding. And so working with these entrepreneurs was addictive. Like they were so excited and optimistic and passionate and ready to change the world. And it felt like this huge contrast, literally like night and day between what I was seeing in healthcare and what I was seeing with these entrepreneurs. So I really had this identity crisis. And I think I was also reading When Breath Becomes Air around the same time. And I was like, oh my God, he has such a great reason for wanting to be a doctor. Like I need that too. And so really consider just completely not going to medical school and just going down like the venture capital sort of entrepreneurship path. So I worked at a venture capital firm called Invest Detroit Ventures over the summer, worked at a co-working space called Bamboo Detroit and another startup called Rebel Now. Really just fell more and more in love with the world of like venture capital and supporting entrepreneurs. I don't think I have the moxie to be one myself though. But at the same time, couldn't let go of medicine. I had really awesome mentors who showed me that even though medicine is a broken system, it's not something to run away from. So I ended up applying to medical school, specifically searching for MD, MBA programs where I'd be able to pursue both medicine and the world of business and wound up at the University of Michigan Medical School back in 2019, completed three years of medical school and then applied to the University of Michigan Stephen Ross School of Business and got in. And so I started my MBA here at Ross back in September 
and since then have just been really loving a change of pace from the medical world. I started working at a startup called Burnham Health, which is based in Chicago that connects pregnant and expecting families with all sorts of resources that you need throughout the pregnancy process, including lactation consultants, doulas, physical therapists, and so forth. So it's really been exciting for me to combine my medical expertise with the business sphere. And looking forward in my career from here on out, I think interested in recruiting for a venture capital internship this summer. I'll come back to medical school in the fall and apply to OBGYN residency and do four years of residency. And hopefully after that, the goal is to somehow be able to balance a venture capital career with being a clinician, but we will find out. Well, that's all really exciting to hear. It sounds like you've been able to, to juggle a lot of things throughout your medical training with such a busy schedule. You said that you decided you wanted to be a pediatrician when you're 10 years old. So you knew you wanted to go into medicine from very early on, but now you're playing on OB-GYN. So what was kind of the process of choosing a specialty like for you? When I started medical school, I was still very interested in in pediatrics, but I had to sort of bear in mind that the last time that I really interacted with a kid was like, probably like middle school. I think in high school, I was just so busy with like clubs and AP classes and whatever. And then you go to college and you never see kids on college campuses. And so I think that I'd sort of grown a little bit distant from like interacting with kids. And when I got to my pediatrics rotation was still sort of excited to see what my experience was going to be, but quickly realized that the physiology of children is so different and is constantly changing. So to be able to care for baby that's a couple hours old, all the way up to like a 22 year old and knowing that the same condition or infection might present very differently in those two populations. And then also like navigating all the family nuances of pediatrics was very tough. But I fell in love with OB-GYN. I think I became super passionate about like sexual and reproductive health in college. Really love walking into a room and seeing a person that's there to sort of take agency and control of their health. Like my favorite thing to talk about is like birth control options with people. And so and really just the vulnerability and intimacy of OB-GYN. Like these are some of the most vulnerable and, and personal conversations that people have. So it's really heartwarming for me to be able to support them in those contexts. How do you envision yourself as a OB-GYN physician who is participating in venture capital? And do you know anybody who already does that? I wish I knew because that would make my life so much easier to feel like there was a set career path for me. There are like two other medical students I know in the country who are also interested in OBGYN and in being venture capitalists. And all of us have just stayed in touch with each other, kind of updating each other on if we've heard of anyone. And the answer so far remains to be no. So it's sort of exciting and scary at the same time to have to feel like you are creating your own career path for yourself. When it comes to balancing the field of OBGYN and the world of venture capital, there's a specific industry in venture capital called femtech that focuses on women's health. It tends to get this reputation of only focusing on women's sexual and reproductive health, but that's not the case. It's just all of women's health, which is typically underfunded in research and there aren't as many care options from a direct-to-consumer standpoint. And so being able to invest in those sorts of companies within the femtech sphere, so like there's fertility testing, vaginal biome testing, like apps that can sort of help monitor like PCOS and endometriosis symptoms. So those are things that you typically see in the sexual health realm. But there's also new companies that are coming out that focus more on cardiac and hormonal health for women as well. I think it's really interesting when you get to that point where you have these sort of diverse interests that you want to combine into a career and you can't find anybody who does it. It's scary because you think, well, am I going to be able to build a viable career out of that? But it's also really exciting because you get to be sort of a, a pioneer in that space. 
And for students who are getting introduced to this term venture capital, to some people, they really didn't know what it was or what a venture capitalist does. So can you kind of describe some of the the most common tasks that a venture capitalist would be performing? Yeah. I mean, I always start off with asking, well, have you heard of or seen Shark Tank? Because I think that that's like the easiest thing for people to latch on to. If they haven't, then I sort of describe a venture capitalist is someone that invests in startups. And the way that they do that is either as an angel investor, who is someone just that just happens to have a lot of money and invests on their own, or they can do it as part of a venture capital firm where they have lots of money and they go through the process of a startup will come and pitch their company. And then the venture capitalist will do this process called due diligence, where they review all of the claims that the CEO or the founder of the startup is saying. So for example, if I have a company that solves a particular problem for people or delivers a certain kind of product, as a venture capitalist, someone would have to do the due diligence and the research to say, well, is this person, is this product actually needed? Would people actually use this product? Are the claims that they're making that I could sell this many versions of my product or increase my company this much year after year? Is is all of that valid and true? So you go through the due diligence process. If the startup passes the due diligence process, then you start writing up your term sheet, which is basically how much am I investing in your company for what percent ownership or what other perks do I get as a venture capitalist and how much return will I get based on my investments in your company? And then from then on, they transfer over the money and a venture capitalist job is never done just from the investing. I mean, we see in Shark Tank that like there's a whole conversation of great, I invest in your company, but there's so much on the back end in terms of like mentorship and guidance and support because venture capital have worked with so many startups. So being able to advise each one independently and help them grow, not only because that'll make the startup a success, but because it'll get them a return on their investment. Thank you for that great explanation. That really uh, simplified it for me. When you're trying to perform a task such as due diligence, does someone need to train you how to go through that process? How do you become competent in that skill set? Totally. And I think the biggest thing about due diligence is it depends on what industry the company is in. So for example, now at Ross, I'm part of this student organization called the Zell Lurie Commercialization Fund. So we are a student group that has an endowment from the University of Michigan um, and are able to invest money from that club's account into startups. And we recently had a company come in and pitch to us about a machine that can clear a certain byproduct out of water. I know nothing about water filtration, but the due diligence that sort of comes with that is reaching out to experts, asking them questions, sort of doing a little bit of research based on environmental reports and studies to see if the claims that the startup founder is saying are veritable. That's why for me, when I think about my future career in venture capital, I definitely want to lean into my expertise because that'll make the due diligence process a lot easier, which is why being an OBGYN and being able to invest in femtech, if someone is coming up to me and explaining to me how this particular product will help someone that has PCOS, it's far easier for me to just sort of like mentally understand what the due diligence is rather than having to go out and research it so extensively. So I think there's an element of what comes to you naturally based on your background and your experiences. And there definitely is a, a set of learning in terms of what things from an entrepreneur's claims do I really need to ensure are true. So as an expert in your field, you are more easily going to be able to verify that these companies are bringing something useful to the table. Correct. Thank you again for that great explanation. My next question is about the MD Plus community. It's called MD Plus because each member is interested in bringing these additional plus activities to the practice of medicine. So you've sort of discussed your plus activities, but can you like explicitly name those and describe them? Yeah, I think for me, there are so many passions that I want to be able to envelop into my career. But I think that as time has gone on, and I recognize that I'm only one person, and there's only 24 hours in the day, I have to be a little bit selective about what passions I can really turn into facets of my career. So 
I think that obviously we've talked extensively about my passion for venture capital and entrepreneurship. So that's definitely one plus that I bring to my medical career. The other thing I'm really passionate about is med ed and how we can make physicians who are better prepared to treat vulnerable patient populations, sort of pulling in from my experience in the Detroit emergency room. How can I avoid creating physicians like the ones that I worked with? And so at Michigan Medicine, I work really closely with the faculty members here to try and improve the sort of curriculum that we have here and how we talk to people about health disparities and diversity, equity, and inclusion. So being a a professor of some sort, being involved in an academic medical institution would be amazing. And I think that that's something that I've contemplated as well. But it comes down to how can I balance that with also wanting to be a venture capitalist and wanting to have a clinical career. So I think that if I really had to boil down the pluses, I think that it would be VC, venture capital and entrepreneurship and my passion for med ed and academic medicine. Now, academic medicine is really interesting because they try to focus on three different areas, the patient care, research, education. And so it's funny to me to think that a physician can jump into all those roles when maybe they haven't really had enough time to train in all three of those. I mean, obviously through medical school and residency, you're really getting your patient care down, but at what point are you really building those research skills, uh, maybe through an additional master's degree, but some people don't go through that formal training. And then the education part, that a lot of times is just picked up on the job. For some people, it comes naturally, and for some people, it doesn't. So I think for me, I'm interested in all three of those things, but I kind of wonder, I'm like, well, man, if I really want to have the biggest impact, should I just focus on one of them? Or am I allowed to try all those? So anyways, I'm kind of like you. I have all these interests too that I want to explore at some point. My next question is, what actionable steps can someone take to get involved or gain skills in your particular areas of interest, such as venture capital? It's really hard to sort of pin back when I like started learning about venture capital because I think it was such a fluid process. It was never sort of me sitting down and wanting to learn about it as a science. It was because I worked with entrepreneurs through Optimize Wayne. It was because I wanted to explore what a future career would look like. So then I went and I did an internship and worked at other startups. So I think that all of those very experiential learning moments and experiences were really what allowed me to understand the field better. And I'm always learning. I think that coming to business school there's a lot of people in my class who have dabbled in venture capital even more than I have. And so being able to hear their experiences and their insights just through conversations and discussions, especially when I ask advice coming from the world of medicine, they're always very willing to offer their insight. And that's been super helpful for me to learn as well. So I think that leaning into experiences, like leaning into internships, leaning into working at a startup, there's some funds across the country that students can be involved with, like the dorm room fund, which is specifically run by students to invest in companies. So everyone is part-time. It's not like you have to take time off of school, which I know can be really hard in medical school. I think the other thing is reaching out on LinkedIn. I've been so blown away by the number of people that are willing to talk to me. And I think obviously like the student badge, like being able to reach out and say, hey, I'm a student at X, Y, and Z university studying ABC is so powerful. And people are always willing to talk to students. And so being able to reach out to people in a particular field of venture capital or who is a CEO of a certain kind of startup that you might have some interest in and asking if they're are any opportunities. I think at startups, there tend to be more opportunities. I think venture capitalists and venture capital firms don't tend to have as many opportunities unless there's like a clear cut internship. But being able to strike up a conversation, ask them questions, I think have been the most useful for me. And I think things that I would encourage other people to explore. Next, I'll just ask you a couple of questions about MD+. So how did you discover MD+. Yeah, I had a friend share a panel that MD Plus recently hosted with community members who actually participate in venture capital simultaneously with medical school, which was so 
absolutely unbelievable for me to witness how they were managing to balance a full-time medical school career with being a venture capital fellow or intern or just being an associate at a venture capital firm. I was blown away and very impressed. And since that panel, I joined the MD Plus community Slack group and have been able to see how impressive all of these medical students are. And it's really exciting for me to consider how people are going to make these very multifaceted custom careers for themselves and really flourish and connect lots of different fields and really fruitful ways. I also was attending that VC panel and it was just incredible. I mean, they were working 50 hours a week in addition to being, you know, a first year medical student. And it was hard enough for me just learning the medicine. So I can't believe how they managed that. But yes, I was very excited by that too. Now I'll just ask, how have you participated in or how do you plan to participate in MD plus? I think that my role in MD Plus so far has been very much as an observer, as sort of like a consumer of the community's content and and learning about other people and connecting with other people. So I'm really excited to see what events continue to come forward from the leadership and how I can learn about other ways that people are managing to combine their passions with medicine. I think that obviously we hear a lot about innovation and biomedical devices. We hear a lot about research, but I think that there's really nuanced and creative ways of combining a medical career or clinical career with other fields and spheres of study that I just never would have pondered, but it's so exciting to see people combine them. You know, you mentioned when we first hopped on this call that you were really interested in sort of computer science and and medicine. So I wouldn't even know where to start thinking about how could I meld these two spheres together. So that's really exciting to hear. And what other websites, communities, forums, newsletters, or podcasts do you use to keep up with your areas of interest as well as innovation in medicine as a whole? Oh, that's a great question. I really like the How I Built This Podcast by Guy Raz. That's a phenomenal way to just learn about how startups grow and the tumultuous path that many founders have to experience. I also really enjoy the John Gannon blog and website. He compiles resources related to venture capital, like internships or fellowships, and also just sheds light on how to best break into the world of venture capital and understand new trends. Someone I follow on Instagram is Nicole DiTomaso, and she posts internships and lots of advice for up-and-coming venture capitalists to learn more, and she has a particular passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion and is able to sort of drop little tidbits here and there related to that. So that's sort of all on like the venture capital side. I think specifically focusing on femtech, there are three key resources that I can think of. One is the Femtech Insider community. That's a website and a newsletter that people can receive on a weekly basis about updates in the femtech industry in particular. There's Femtech Focus, which is somewhat similar to MD Plus in that it's an online Slack community that has been really helpful for a very similar purpose about analyzing trends. And then the third one is honestly just LinkedIn. I've been able to connect to so many OBGYNs who have started companies or OBGYNs who have turned into investors. No one that's been able to balance the career uh, in a way that I would love to follow yet, but hopefully I find one soon. But I think that those have been really huge resources. Thank you for sharing all of those. I think everybody's going to benefit from those greatly. Lastly, I'll just ask, how can listeners contact you for more information? Yeah, my email is probably the best way to get a hold of me. So it's kaviad at umich.edu. I'm also fairly active on Twitter, which is my first name underscore last name. So kavia underscore davaluri. But also feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to help people who are in similar shoes that I was once in. Awesome. Well, Kavya, it's been really great talking to you today. Thank you. Likewise. <laughs>